there was never any doubt in my mind that I would have kids. I always thought that I'd meet this great guy and we'd have kids and get married and, you know, the fairy tale. There's something really profound about growing a baby inside you for nine months. And I really would like to have that experience. But it, it just didn't work out the way that I thought it would. After I got out of college, I started a theater company and I started my own business. And it, it took up all my time and energy. And I had a lot of lovely relationships along the way. But I just thought I could wait to have the kids. That's what you hear in the media all the time. So I just thought that will come when the time is right. But when I turned 40, I realized that if I waited too much longer, it'd be too late for me to have a baby and that I better get cracking. So I joined this group called Single Mothers by Choice and they have an internet mailing list. And I started talking with all these terrific women all over the country who are having kids on their own. And I began educating myself about all the stuff involved with artificial insemination such as you know, choosing your anonymous sperm donor. And so I um, started spending my spare time cruising the sperm banks and each one of them has a website and you can go to the website and you can put in, I want a brown haired, blue eyed, six foot two, Caucasian, guy between the ages of 20 and 25 and it gives you all the sperm donors that come under that category then you can get even more specific about what they do what their interests are what their college education has been if there's any stereotyping it might be um, that it's kind of sad that Suzanne's doing that by herself and it is kind of sad it's been something that I've had to grieve and try to come to grips with myself. It is a sadness, and I would rather be doing this with somebody, but the fact is that the man can come, and I hope the man will come, but I can't wait any longer to, to try to have the kid. So after many late nights of filing through all these, these guys, I finally decided on this guy, number 5223, and I joked to my friend, like, I just love that name, 5223. <laughs> and uh, I decided that he was my guy because he seemed like a kind of a renaissance man and someone that I would feel proud to tell my child, this, look, this is what we know about your dad, your biological father. So I went through three whole attempts with an IUI, which stands for intrauterine insemination, with that donor and none of them uh, resulted in a pregnancy. So after trying to get pregnant via this sort of high-tech turkey baster method, I decided I needed to get more aggressive because it wasn't working and I wasn't getting any younger. And the next step above that is in vitro fertilization or IVF. And um, my insurance covers four tries of that. So now I have gone through three attempts with IVF and none of them have worked. And I'm going in for number four. So um, this is it. This is my last my last try. So you ready? I'm ready. Any questions this time? No, not really. Okay. I can do this in my sleep at this point. 
Well, and you will be asleep. And I will be. So <laughs> that's, a, that's always a good thing. I'll go get changed. Okay. All right, we'll swing back. So the way this works is that when you're doing an in vitro fertilization, the optimum thing is to have as many eggs to fertilize as possible. And since a woman normally only ovulates with one egg a month, they're trying to sort of um, fire that up and womp it up and get lots more eggs. So uh, you take fertility drugs that are usually injected. And uh, it can be up to, for me, it's been up to like five injections a day. And you are hoping that you're going to get, you know, a multitude of, of eggs to fertilize. So we're going to get your IV started. And then when we get the word that Dr. Woodmole is ready, we're going to give you a little bit of a cocktail through the IV. And we're going to go in the operating room. My name Dr. is Dr. Mary Woodmolo, And I'm a reproductive endocrinologist and fertility specialist. And I've been taking care of Suzanne for about a year and a half. Quick listen through your gown to your heart and your lungs. Suzanne has been very focused through this whole process. She's managed to maintain a very good sense of humor, uh, which I think humor can help retain sanity in, in this whole field. She's got a terrific mother who's extremely supportive and will come with her for the procedures and is as excited as Suzanne is in terms of this whole process and the prospect of having a grandchild um, by whatever means. I'm Barry, <coughs> the proud mother of Suzanne, as well as a number of other children. I was supportive, but at first I thought, oh, what will people think about this single mother having a child? But you know, I got over that quickly and, and just felt this is what Suzanne wants and this is good. You know, she just was made to be a mother. My dad was less sure that you can easily raise a child with just one parent. And he kept citing all these dreadful single mom statistics, and I kept trying to show him that, that, that I'm not one of those single moms that those statistics are based on. I'm a single mom who's a successful, financially stable um, person who's not doing this by accident. And you know, I put a lot of thought into it and actually feel, in some ways, a whole lot more ready to be a parent than I would have been 10 or 15 years ago. Lots of kids grow up without fathers. Luckily, I have some great men in my life, and um, there'll be plenty of influence, and I think my responsibility would be to provide time with a man on a regular basis. And as I got more and more comfortable with the idea of using a sperm donor, I thought, well, why not even be more specific about the genetic makeup of my child's father and have the child actually know who their biological father is. And, and, you know, ideally to have some kind of relationship with him. The cup is here, Suzanne's right. name on it, okay? Right. For the past the year or right. so, I've been using my friend David as a sperm donor. So it's uh, early Tuesday morning, and here we are at the hospital in Suite 217. And I am um, preparing to go off into my little room and experience the joys of masturbating into a cup. When you get done, just place the cup in the turntable and mm -hmm. turn it completely around, okay? Okay. And be sure and lock that door. I'll be... Very locked in. Okay. All right, thanks. At first, I was, well, of course I was really pleased. I was very um, honored to have been chosen. And then uh, and then I had like these thoughts of, of uh, I had already given up that whole part of my life, of course. I had, you know, once I realized that I was gay at like the age of 12 or so, I was like, well, you can't have children then. You know, it just doesn't work. 
And then uh, once that option was again placed in front of me, I became weirdly obsessed about it. So I would see like children and babies and I think like, oh, that could be mine. I could do that. Carry it around and wash its face and stuff. Yeah, I could do that. And uh, we both agreed that he would be known as the nice man who made the baby possible and sort of an Uncle David kind of character in our lives who would um, be more than welcome to spend as much time with the child as he wanted, but wouldn't be in on the decisions about raising the child or you know, where the kid goes to school or the sort of day-to-day practicalities. The procedure only takes about a half an hour. This is not like general anesthesia, so your whole body will not be paralyzed. It wears on you. It takes a lot of time. It's kind of like having a little part-time job. The big mystery of it all has been really hard to endure. You know, cycle after cycle, not knowing and then finding out that it didn't happen. It's, it's, it's terribly disappointing. And, but I have had a lot of time to sort of prepare myself for the very real possibility that I won't be pregnant at my age. She seems so calm, but I know she's not. <laughs> you know, she um, says, oh, I've done it, and it's routine, but it's not. I just know her well enough to know that a lot is hanging on the balance, her last chance. <laughs> We're all set? Yeah. Your mother has to give you a hug oh, before we take you back. She can kiss her too, right? <laughs> Send me some fertility vibes. I did. Okay, you ready? Uh huh. Okay, we'll take good care of her. There, I just felt it. Everything went really well, and we have four eggs. So you, did a, you did a great job. Kind of like good looking. Four very attractive eggs. Tell? Today, for Suzanne, the eggs were extracted. They were put in an incubator and allowed to adjust to their new environment. And about an hour after the eggs were retrieved, the sperm will be introduced into those dishes. And then, basically, the eggs in a dish with 30,000 sperm, and she can choose from, from the bevy of suitors that, that await her. And then tomorrow morning, we'll be able to figure out whether those eggs have matured and are fertilized, and then give Suzanne a call to let her know how many fertilized eggs we do have. Now it's just waiting time, you know, just try not to obsess, <laughs> basically. Parenthood yeah. makes you do all sorts of strange things. It's really a wonderful journey. Yeah. And it all makes perfect sense while you're doing it, mm-hmm. even though you look back and think, yeah. was, I, was I out of my mind? Well, I know that way. I feel that way about my nieces and nephews or my, even my dogs, so I can only imagine if it's your own child. It's even better than you could you could ever imagine. Yeah. They're just such a treasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They mm-hmm. really are, which is why you're doing this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> they are treasures, all right. Well, none of my eggs fertilized. I've gone from feeling numb to feeling sad to feeling actually kind of glad just to be getting on with my life. You know, I hoped I would get pregnant, but I also knew that the chances at my age were below 2%. So I guess my 45-year-old eggs just aren't the gambling type. And you know, as hard as it was and as grueling emotionally as it's been, I'm really glad I did it because if I hadn't, I think I would have always wondered what would have happened. Should I have tried that? I mean, clearly I I have regrets about not starting sooner, 
But meanwhile, I've been getting uh, my, my ducks in a row to adopt. And the main thing is just to have a child in my life. And that's going to happen. Thank you.